The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, welcome into the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. It's the Thursday show. Patrick Allen here with you, as always, to talk a little Chiefs. We're in that weird part of the year now where we just won the Super Bowl, which frankly happens a lot. And uh, we're, we're, we're still kind of looking back at the Super Bowl. We're thinking about that. We're still watching the highlights, but we're also looking forward to what comes next for the Kansas City Chiefs. And we're going to do a lot of that today. It's just me today uh, looking for a super interactive chat. So if you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor. Stay involved in the conversation. Fire your questions away and make sure you hit that like button. And we get a bunch of Chiefs fans in here and talk a little ball. Big show today. A ton of topics that we've got to talk about. Start breaking down as we start looking ahead. Um, we've got some coaches getting extensions. The Chiefs are signing players already. It's not even the new league year yet. And Brett Veach is already back in the lab. And we're going to look at some free agency primer. Going to get you up to date on all of the big upcoming dates in the offseason calendar. We're going to talk Chris Jones, Legereus Sneed. And uh, we're going to do some some other fun things. We're going to talk about the wide receiver position and a certain Mike Evans from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is he going to be a fit for the Kansas City Chiefs? And we're going to power rank uh, with Patty's Power Rankings to finish things off. Before we dive into it all, if you haven't downloaded the FanDuel app yet, uh, you will definitely want to make sure you take advantage of this offer. New users who sign up through our link must deposit $10 and place a first wager of $5 on any live bet. If the first bet wins, you will receive $150 in bonus bets straight to your account. This offer is only available if you sign up through our link, bit.ly slash arrow 150. You can find that link in the description below our streams as well as scan the QR code on the screen right now to start signing up. Again, that is bit.ly forward slash A-R-R-O-W-1-5-0. Software's only, uh, it'll end shortly, um, so make sure you don't miss out. And it's only available to new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in a legal gambling state. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check out the episode description for the full terms of the offer. When you guys do that, it really 
helps us keep the show rocking and rolling. So thank you for that. Uh, shout out to all of our members. I see a bunch of you all out there in chat land. My guy, Jay Ward. Uh, what's up, Thomas? What's up, John? Um, Thomas says, I want T Higgins. Uh, we're, we can touch on T. T's maybe going to be out there. Um, and we're going to get to who we sign in just a minute. Um, actually, I think we can just go ahead and lead with that. So just shortly before we went on the air, the Chiefs signed Matt Ariza. If you're not familiar with Matt Ariza, he was uh, a punter. He's a punter. They call him the punt god. That is his nickname. So that tells you a little bit about how good of a punter he is. He was drafted by the Buffalo Bills. I want to say it was in 2021 in the sixth round. So you guys know teams, you know, generally do not draft kickers and punters at all. And if they do, they're usually pretty good. So um, this is a guy who's an absolute, he's just got an absolute cannon for a leg. Um, he's, uh, he, he, why is he available when the Bills just drafted him a couple of years ago? Uh, well, the reason is because he was accused of SA um, and some other things. Um, if you don't know what that is, look it up. We're not going to say some words uh, because that can get some things taken down off of YouTube. So we don't want to fall on the wrong side of that. But he was accused of a very serious thing. It was investigated. His name was cleared. He was uh, charges were dropped. Um, you should go and read about it. I, I, I'm not an expert on the case, so I don't want to fire off too many things and, and say something dumb. But I did read about the case. And from what I understand, what he was accused of, he was not even there at the time that this alleged incident occurred. But when those accusations come out, people take them very seriously. And so he was cut from the bills. He lost his job. His name has now been cleared and uh, read about it, make up your own mind on all that stuff, but he's now free and clear to rejoin the NFL. It's taken a little bit of time, but the chiefs are taking a chance on this guy because the talent is there. So you're probably asking yourself, you know, what does this mean for Tommy Towns? And I see Thomas out there. We, we losing Tommy. So Tommy is an unrestricted free agent this year. So when the new, new league year starts, He's going to be able to go sign with anybody. And he recently um, took on super agent Drew Rosenhaus. So, like, he wants to get paid. This is a guy who's got a first-team all-pro in his back pocket. And he's going to go. He's got a Super Bowl rings. He's going to go and get paid. The Chiefs, as we're going to talk about later in the show, they've got cap issues. It's not that they don't have cap space, but when you win the Super Bowl in back-to-back -back years, that means you have good players. And the Chiefs have a lot of good players. they got guys that they want to re-sign. And when you're looking at the whole of that and you're looking at a punter, it's just not going to be at the top of the priority list of guys that you want to re-sign, especially at the rate that Tommy Townsend rightfully has gotten to himself. So enter Matt Ariza, here comes a guy who's potentially could be a better punter than Tommy Townsend, certainly has a bigger leg. And the Chiefs, because of the situation, this guy's just trying to get his career back on track. He hasn't really played in the NFL yet. He wants to get back in the league. Well, the Chiefs are probably going to be have probably been able to bring him on at a little bit of a bargain. So it's a good situation for the Chiefs. It seems like it's a good situation for Matt Ariza. It's probably going to be a good situation for Tommy Townsend, who somebody's going to pay a lot of money to and in free agency when he hits the market. Um, it's a bummer, man. It's a bummer to see Tommy Townsend go. I really like him. I think he's a great punter. He's done a great job for the Chiefs. But the, these are kind of the realities of the business of the NFL, right? We get attached to these guys as fans. Brett Veach has some tough decisions to make. Uh, Tommy Townsend seems like a great, uh, a great teammate and a great person to have in the organization, but you can't keep everybody. 
And so you've got to prioritize. And, I, you know, this, I think, is going to turn out to be a great move by Brett Beach. If you go and watch highlights after the show, Google uh, Matterize highlights. You can Google Punk God if you can't remember his name. Or you don't know how to spell the last name. <clears throat> you got to watch some of this guy's highlights. He can sit in the back of the end zone. He can punt the ball like over 80 yards. So if the Chiefs get backed up and they're punting from their own end zone, and we've seen this in, in, in different times where the Chiefs, have, they're losing the field position battle and they're trying to punt and they, you know the, the other team's getting the ball close to midfield. This is a dude that obviously, depending on the conditions, can totally flip the field. As Jay Ward points out in the, in the chat, six rounder in 2022, it was 2022, sorry, uh, 80, 82 yard punt in the preseason before he got cut. So, I, I mean, this guy is unbelievable. He has an unbelievable leg. And uh, he's, uh, yeah, Jay Ward says he hit a touchback from the 10. Absolute beast. So this is probably going to end up being a net positive for the Chiefs if he's still got it and he's able to punt well for them. Uh, but it will mean the end of Tommy Townsend. So that's the big news off the top of the show. The Chiefs also signed a safety. Um, I, uh, his name is, um, of course, my browser decides to reload when I'm trying to talk. Um, Tyree Gillespie. I don't know a lot about him. I didn't have time to do any research on him. I believe he's most recently with the Texans. Now, these are guys, you know, the new league year hasn't started yet. Rosters are expanded right now. Guys who are free agents that are already out there. Of course, the Chiefs can move, make moves like this right now at this point during the season. So um, that's the big news. The Chiefs are getting ready. They're getting ready for what is coming. Um, some other news we've got to hit. Spags has gotten a contract extension. Steve Spagnolo, who you know, a lot of people thought we, we were talking last week, he should be considered for the Hall of Fame as an assistant, be the first assistant to ever make the Hall of Fame in that capacity. Um, of course, the Chiefs have extended his contract. Defensive line coach Joe Cullen also received an extension, as did special teams coordinator Dave Tobe. They're all going to be back. The this is just smart by uh i mean it's it's a no-brainer right you just won two super bowls back to back here but if you're brett veach you're keeping the band together and and uh, if you watch these playoff games for the chiefs the big thing that stood out to me over and over again obviously the chiefs have the best player on the planet patrick mahomes and they've got chris jones and they've got travis kelsey but when those razor thin margins popped up because the other guys have good players too lamar jackson won the mvp josh allen was excellent down the stretch uh, the 49ers were good pretty much the entire year. They have you know, all pro guys all over their roster. What ended up being the difference in a lot of those games? And for me, it was coaching, right? The 49ers, the Super Bowl, the Chiefs outcoached them. They outcoached them on defense. Spags was better than Kyle Shanahan and his group, and that made the difference. So it's a no-brainer for Brett Veach to keep this coaching staff together. It's really impressive that the Chiefs have been able to retain – a lot of their core coaching staff over the years, because generally what happens is when you have a coordinator that comes along and has a really great year, like Spagnolo did this year, or Eric Bieniemy had several years of that, they get hired to be head coaches elsewhere or, or, or to, to, to move up the ranks, right? A, a defensive line coach gets a shot to be a defensive coordinator somewhere. So this is really good. And it's made a difference for the chiefs. Why aren't these guys getting hired? Eric Bieniemy? your guess is as good as mine, um, but it's worked out for the chiefs. Spagnolo has said uh, recently, actually, that he, he does still want to be a head coach. So Spagnolo, I believe, is 64. Somebody check on that for me. Uh, I think he's just like a year younger than Andy Reid. He had a short coaching scent um, with the Rams. It didn't work out. 
Look, it's just hard, right? I mean, it, it, teams are probably, they're not, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be ageist, but um, yeah, Spags is 64. Thank you, Richard. Um, it, this is something that teams are going to be thinking about when you're hiring a new head coach. If you're going to hire an older head coach, you probably want to get somebody who's really, really accomplished, maybe a former Super Bowl winner like a Bill Belichick who didn't even get a, a new coaching job right this year. Of all people, Bill Belichick didn't get hired. So it makes it ha- harder probably for somebody like Spags who's older, who didn't have a lot of success as a head coach, even though he's been a great coordinator for a team that maybe they want to get a young guy, right? They want to get the next Sean McVay. They want to get these young coaches that then can be with their organization for years and years and years. I know we all would have liked to have had, you know, 30 year old Andy Reed. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way, but it's working out well now. So it, I just think it's a, it's a higher bar and a, and a bigger hurdle for Spags to get that job. Um, but it's, it's to the chief's benefit because he's an absolutely fantastic coordinator. So uh, just an interesting thing I want to throw out to you guys who are watching. There's over 100 of you now. Hit that like button. Appreciate you coming in to talk Chiefs with us. What do you guys think? If you know, we don't want we want Andy to coach so he's 75 if he can, and that's what he wants to do, right? But let's say the Chiefs come back and either they do or they don't win the Super Bowl next year. They don't three-peat. Maybe they do. And maybe at that point, Andy Reid's like, all right, man, like, you know, we didn't win this year. I, you know, I'm, I, I, my legacy set. I'm good. Or that we did win this year. My legacy's definitely set. I'm, I'm done. I, I'm going to turn it over to somebody else. A lot of people have said, well, maybe Matt, Matt Nagy's that guy. They could bring back EB. Um, would you want Spags as your head coach? Jay Ward's already a step ahead of me. I don't want Spags as a head coach, to be honest. We need another offensive-minded guy for Pat. I think that makes a lot of sense. But, like, if it was going to be, you know, you're trying to keep this run going. It's like when the Chiefs – remember when the Chiefs hired Gunther Cunningham uh, after Marty? Like, they were still good. It didn't work out. They were, like, 9-7. and seven. But, like, that's kind of the way I would think about it if they were to make that move is they're looking at a guy like Steve Spagnuolo and, and they're like, we're still having this incredible run of success. Hopefully, at that point, the defense would still be really good. Do you keep – would you go for continuity – of bringing in a guy like Spagnolo and just having him step in and then hiring, you know, some good young coordinators on the offensive and de- defensive side of the ball or let Nagy keep running it kind of Andy system. Would you do, would you rather do that? Or would you rather take like roll the dice and go out there and hire like some hot shot assistant that's unproven to come over and take over for Patrick Mahomes? I think that's, you know, a kind of a fascinating thing to think about. I'm not sure which way I would want to go. I think it would really depend on who they were considering bringing in. I, if it were me, I would probably lean towards Bienemy or Spagnolo coming in. Bienemy would be really interesting because you could kind of keep a similar offense in there. Matt Nagy's got head coaching experience. I know that's not a popular choice, but he's well regarded within the organization. And so it's kind of like, what are you looking for? You know, are you looking for continuity or are you looking for new fresh ideas and a new era um it's tough man it's tough there's a lot of coaches out there that are the next big thing and they flame out and they don't do well and they fail so that would make me a little bit nervous about bringing in somebody who would maybe want to change everything when the chiefs have had so much success with andy and with this group of coaches i think i would lean towards trying to promote with it from within a spags coach for a couple years or be enemy. I don't know. What do you guys think? Sound off. Um, Jay Ward says, I feel like Pat, uh, uh, I feel like Pat would veto EB. Um, I don't want Nagy in there either, but obviously Pat loves him. 
I don't know, man. The, the, the players seem to really like Eric Bieniemy. I I don't know why Patrick would veto him. Maybe there's something we don't know about, but they they brought Eric Bieniemy to come talk to the Chiefs during the playoffs. Got everybody fired up. They they were all misty eyed in there from from what the reports say. Um, somebody says, "Oh, Becky says I don't want to th- think about replacing Big Red." I'm with you, Becky. I want Andy to coach till he's 90. I hope he lives to be 150 and and coaches the Chiefs till he's 100. Whatever it needs to be, he's absolutely fantastic. Um, don't you don't want to think about it, but it is something that's kind of been hovering around. And when you get to retirement age, sometimes people think about retiring. But I, you know, uh, Mike Kafka, yeah, uh, Casey Chiefs 12 says Mike Kafka. That's one I didn't mention. Um, Bumpus says Spags is old also need a young coach after Andy fair fair you know it, it would it would be a move that would be a short-term move I think for the sake of continuity if you went that route but if the right guy was available maybe you just go ahead and pull the trigger like that was the other thing too like what if Andy decided after this year which he didn't thank goodness that he wanted to retire would you have wanted Clark Hunt to hire Bill Belichick like say Andy had a change of heart right now and he's just like you know what uh, a health thing pops up or, or whatever, God forbid, he just doesn't want to do it. Would you want them to hire Bill Belichick or would you want them to to hire some young coordinator? Let me know in the comments. I think it's it's an interesting conversation. Oh, an- Anonymous, Mango, Anonymous Mango says Vrabel maybe. I thought the Titans were crazy for firing Vrabel. I think he was an excellent coach for them. Sometimes you got to have the players and he never really had the quarterback, but I think he did more with Tannehill than anybody would have ever expected. Had them close to making the Super Bowl. Bumpus says young coach all the way. Lynn says EB. Um, yeah, it's an interesting discussion. Thankfully, one we don't need to have right now. But um, for, for the moment, the Chiefs are keeping the band together, and we know that that continuity is helping them. Uh, also, just on the news front, Andy's building his resume. Um, already a Hall of Famer, right? But I wanted to just touch on how ridiculous Andy Reid's resume has gotten in the last couple of years and how he's helped the Chiefs build their resume. So only two coaches have played in more uh, have, have coached in more Super Bowls than Andy Reid. Andy's been in five Super Bowls as a head coach. Bill Belichick has coached in nine, and Don Shula in six. And then it's and then it's uh, it's Andy. He's tied with Bill Walsh and Joe Gibbs with three Super Bowl wins. Only Belichick and Chuck Knoll have more than Andy. So if the Chiefs can three peat, or they can win. Um, you know, another Super Bowl in the next couple of years, Andy goes up that list and, and and can tie Chuck Knoll, can pass him. If he were to get to uh, to five, wouldn't that be absolutely incredible? I can't believe we're even talking about it. And then now he's looking at running down Bill Belichick. Uh, totally nuts. So um, the Chiefs resume during this run, and it's just so crazy to think about because I remember when I was a young Chiefs fan, I was always really proud, even though I wasn't alive to watch it, I was really proud that the Chiefs had played in Super Bowl one and won in Super Bowl four and were the first AFL team to win the Super Bowl, like all that stuff I was always really proud of. And I always felt like, you know, it's the Lamar Hunt trophy. The Chiefs are a, are a, they're an important historic NFL franchise, but they haven't been a marquee NFL franchise until the last couple of years because they just haven't had the success in the Super Bowl era that some of those other teams have had. And that's kind of always been a little bit of a bummer for me, but that has changed and it has changed quick. The Chiefs are now tied with the Packers and Giants with four Super Bowl wins. Only the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers with six each and the Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco 49ers with five each 
have more Super Bowls than the Chiefs. So the Chiefs are now, they have moved from, it's kind of like the Browns, right? The Browns are a, a historic franchise or the Bears and they're respected, but they're not, you just can't talk about them historically in the same breath that you can with the Cowboys and the 49ers and these great teams who have had such great success, the Steelers, over the course of, of time. That's changing for the Chiefs really rapidly. Um, if they get another one, you know, they've got four now, right? So uh, if they get another one, they jump up in, in there with Dallas and San Francisco at five, and then they've got a shot at joining New England and Pittsburgh. And what's really cool about that for, you know, from my perspective is that it's just happened in the last few years. You see how quickly the fortunes can change. I mean, the, the Patriots were a nothing franchise before Belichick and Brady got there and totally changed everything. So this is a really a, a golden era. And lastly, another thing that should be satisfying for you as a Chiefs fan, the Chiefs are now the most accomplished AFC West team. You know, for years when we were, you know, when Mahomes started up and we were beating Denver and all this stuff, Denver fans could keep throwing at us like that they had more Super Bowls and things like that. Well, not anymore. Kansas City Chiefs are the most accomplished team in the AFC West. Denver and the Raiders have three Super Bowls. The Chargers have zero Super Bowls, even though they get predicted to win it every year. The Kansas City Chiefs have four. They are atop the mountain, and they also used to all be tied with the same number of AFC West championships. I think they all had 15 until this year when the Chiefs won it again. And now that so the Chiefs are behind, they vault past everybody. And with Patrick Mahomes only being 28 years old, it doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. That's really fantastic news if you're a Chiefs fan. All right, let's let's get to another piece of news here. This one you guys are gonna love. Antonio Pierce, the new head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. I always forget where those clowns play. Uh, so he was on Max Crosby's podcast. Max, everybody's got a podcast these days. Uh, it's called The Rush. And here's what he said. He's talking about the Christmas Day debacle that the Chiefs had against the Raiders. And here's what he said. He said, we've got the Jordan rules and what I'm calling from, from now on, as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. So you remember when Jordan was going through it, through it with the Pistons, all those guys in the 80s, before he became Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, the Pistons used to whoop his ass. Anytime he came to the hole, elbows, feeling him, love taps. We touched him. We're in his head, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I'm touching you. So I showed those guys Jordan getting his ass whooped. So Antonio Pierce, bless his heart. And really, like, literally bless Antonio Pierce because that game against the Raiders on Christmas Day was exactly what the Chiefs needed. I thought they had hit rock bottom already. Unfortunately, they had not. They needed just an absolute shit show of a performance against a team that they usually dominate on Christmas Day. I mean, the Chiefs were, they didn't even get off the bus. They were still back in their beds dreaming of sugar plums, thinking about the presents that they were going to get. Uh, it was an absolute embarrassment. And, it, it, you know, it was one of the few times I've ever watched the Chiefs games while Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback and thought, like, when is this going to be over? Like, I've got stuff to do. Like, why I don't want to sit through this anymore. So God bless the Raiders for that, because after that, the Chiefs didn't lose another game. Thanks, Antonio Pierce. But Antonio Pierce thinks he has solved the riddle of how to beat Patrick Mahomes. Nobody else could do it. Nobody else could do it. But Antonio Pierce, all he's got to do is beat Mahomes up, play physical, and show people basketball highlights to get them fired up. Look, man, I'm happy for Antonio Pierce. He got that Raiders team turned around. 
after a disaster start. They were playing tough football, and they whooped the Chiefs' butt in that game. They were awesome. But if this dude thinks that he has solved somehow solved the riddle for how to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, he should get drug tested immediately. Um, that was great that that worked, and, and they came out with their hair on fire, and the Chiefs were at the lowest point that they were in the season. But how did things end? The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, it's just – look, man, this isn't, this isn't a Disney movie. Okay, like you can't just do a halftime speech in the NFL and get guys so fired up that you turn the 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 Raiders into the Kansas City Chiefs. If you're trotting out Aiden O'Connell, I mean, the Raiders didn't score in that the second half of that game. I, I don't think they completed a pass or something. Some ludicrous stat like thump in your chest about that game. It's great, man. Like, good for your regular season Super Bowl. But th- if he thinks for a second that he can just show them clips of, of the Pistons shoving Jordan around and that that's going to help them beat the Kansas City Chiefs, he he, he better go back to the drawing board. Um, and look, man, Patrick Mahomes hears everything. If you don't think this is his biggest piece of bulletin board material heading into next season for when he's going to play – the Raiders. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that dude like wears Jordan cleats for that game. Um, I mean, he is gonna he's gonna dance on on the Raiders' grave. I can promise you that because he heard that. And the other thing about this, and I'm not trying to be soft here, but you know, the NFL had the Bounty Gate scandal, and like that kind of talk is like a little bit like. It's just like a little bit up to the line where you don't want somebody to overreact to it and be like, we got to make Mahomes feel us. So they give him a cheap shot, you know, or they go low or they go high or they hit him after the play. Like, I'm all for being tough and physical. This is a game of grown men moving other grown men against their will. So I'm not saying, like, don't tell your team to go out there and beat the crap out of your opponent. But, like, what the Pistons were doing, like, this ain't basketball, man. Like this is this is a completely different sport. Um, so you know he's got to watch it there. And if they think that they're going to come out and do stupid stuff like that, all that's going to happen is they're going to get a bunch of fifteen yard penalties, and then they're going to have to stop doing it, or guys are going to get suspended. So you know, every team that plays the Kansas City Chiefs, by the way, are telling their defenders, if you can get hands on Mahomes, put hands on Mahomes. If you can give him a little shove, if he gets shoved down all the time. In every game, guys want him to feel them on defense. This isn't like some sort of new thing that this guy invented. He just gave it a spiffy name that somebody else gave for another great player. And how did that work out for the Pistons? Well, Michael Jordan became Michael Jordan and started whooping their ass and everybody else's ass every year and won a bunch of championships. Patrick Mahomes is already Michael Jordan. So I like if you think that this is gonna, if that's gonna, if you think that this is gonna rattle the guy, all all it did. All it did was win you one game and won the Chiefs the Super Bowl. So keep it coming, man. Um, just absolutely wild comments from Antonio Pierce. Um, <clears throat> and let me know what you think of that in the in the in the comments. It's just completely nuts. Um, yeah, uh, somebody saying uh, Samuel says the next this time next year Pierce will be looking for a job. Very possible. I mean, it's very possible the way things usually go with the Raiders. Um, but you know, good for him. Good for him. Uh, I wonder when the Raiders are getting their Christmas Day rings for that performance. Um, Okay, so let's talk free agency. I want to get you guys primed up 
for the off season and what is to come. So uh, we're, we're just a, about a, ooh, just a few days here out from not even a week from the combine in Indianapolis. That's going to take place from February 26th to March 4th. Now, if you're a super draft nut, you might like to watch the combine and watch the guys run the 40s and watch the receivers do those cool drills where they're running and, and they're catching the ball over left and right. It's, it's fun. Um, I'm not the biggest combine guy, but one of the I think from from a fan's perspective, one of the things that's overlooked about the combine is how important it is to the front offices and the GMs. Like, yes, they're scouting those guys at the combine, but like more importantly is what's going on behind the scenes. You're a Vertoram talk about this all the time. There's a bunch of steakhouses in uh, that these guys go out to at night and they're, they're all, it's all about they're they're, they're, they're talking shop, right? You know, Veach is going to be working in the room. He's going to be talking to other GMs, other talent evaluators, all this stuff. Who's they're, they're all getting ready for free agency. What's going on with Chris Jones, Brett? Like, what are you doing? They're talking trades. They're, they're doing all of that stuff. So that's what's important about next week, because right after that, in March 11th, that's when the legal tampering period begins. So it's just like a two-day window. It's a, March 11th is essentially the start of free agency, even though the league year the league year starts on March 13th, okay? But on March 11th, teams can start reaching out to players that are under contract. So, like, for example, Chris Jones is still under contract with the Chiefs. Um, Legereus Sneed is still under contract with the Chiefs. If a team were to reach out to Legereus Sneed right now and start trying to have conversations with them, and I'm not saying that's not happening under the table, but if they got caught, they could get fined draft picks for tampering. Once, um, once March 11th gets here, there's a two-day window before where they can basically free agency starts and they can talk to other teams, but they can't actually put pen to paper until the new league year starts. So, um, but for all intents and purposes, it starts on the 11th. Deals will be announced. Teams will agree to uh, to deals with um, with with other teams, and it'll be, it'll get announced. And even though they haven't officially signed it yet, it will go through a little bit later as the deal gets worked out. I think the reason the NFL did this was because we used to stay up. It used to be at like midnight, like the new year league year would start and here at Fanside and we were covering it. We'd stay up and like it, it, the clock would turn over and like guys would sign two minutes into free agency. And it was like, well, this is just like a big sham. Like, you know, you, you didn't, you didn't just like have the initial conversation at midnight and by 1205, you've come to an agreement on a deal and it gets announced. So they just put this in as like a buffer and uh, you know, then the new league year starts and they can sign. So those are important dates. So a lot of important things are going to be happening in Indianapolis. We won't know about them, but they're going to be having conversations will be had. So the franchise tag window, <clears throat> that's open. It opened a couple of days ago. It's open until March 5th. Okay. So the Chiefs can franchise somebody from now until March 5th. Once March 5th passes, that's it. So we'll know before the new league year starts and before free agency happens what the Chiefs plan to do if they plan to use their franchise tag. I think they will. Let me break down for you the key free agents that the Chiefs have coming up this year. You got Chris Jones, Legereus Sneed, left tackle Donovan Smith. A lot of people forget Donovan because we just signed him, but it was just a one-year deal. Donovan Smith, your starting left tackle, going to be a free agent. Willie Gay Jr., free agent. Derek Naughty, Jarek McKinnon, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Mike Edwards, who was a great signing for the Chiefs last year at safety position. McCole Hardman was just on that one-year deal. Tommy Townsend, who we talked about at the top of the show. Mike Dana, who's been fantastic for the Chiefs. He's, he's probably not going to be coming back. Um, he's getting six, seven sacks a year. Somebody's going to pay him. Nick Allegretti, 
Iron Man, uh, who played through an injury in the Super Bowl, and Drew Tranquil, a, 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 a fan favorite, who stepped in and helped out big time, in particular when Nick Bolton went down and missed like eight games with an injury. You've got some extension candidates, some guys coming, they're approaching the end of the, their deals, and the Chiefs might look to extend them. The reason that they would want to do this is it can help them spread some money out, get, get the guy re-signed early before he hits the open market. Nick Bolton is on that list. Creed Humphrey is on that list. Trey Smith is on that list. Noah Gray. Uh, I think Harrison Bucker is a guy who could be an extension candidate. And then you've got your potential cuts. And these are guys that the Chiefs could cut and either, you know, not face any penalty or recoup more in cap space than any any penalty that they might, dead cap money that might come along with cutting these guys. Marquez Valdez Scantling is at the top of that list. Safety Justin Reed is also on that list. He's a guy that they could cut. And Charles O'Menehu, who has no, I think, no guaranteed money left on his contract. So that's what the Chiefs are facing right now. And really probably what you're looking at with that franchise tag is, are the Chiefs going to use it on Chris Jones or Legereus Sneed to buy themselves more time? If they throw the tag on one of those guys, they can't sign with another team once free agency starts. So they've got to make a decision about that between now and March 5th if they're going to use it. Otherwise, if they don't have new deals with these guys, they can just walk and go sign with any other team. So the Chiefs almost certainly will use their franchise tag, I think, on one of those two guys before things kick off, unless they just have some amazing negotiation skills and, 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 and sessions and they're able to work out deals with both of them. But I'm going to break that down for you. So I'm going to ask you off the top, and then I'm going to give you a lot of information here that might help inform your decision. But let me know what your gut is. Should the Chiefs, if they can only keep one, and I'm going to give you a scenario where I think they can keep two as well, should the Chiefs keep Chris Jones? or Legereus Sneed. There's an obvious age difference here. We've talked about it for a while uh, on the podcast, and I had been traditionally leaning, hey, man, I love Chris Jones. You got to let him go. Legereus Sneed's playing out of his mind, and he's younger. The thinking, obviously, that, well, Chris Jones is a better player than Legereus Sneed. Legereus Sneed has a longer runway to help the Chiefs. KCDC says, no way we tag Chris Jones. That may not be the case. I'm going to tell you exactly why. Um, okay. So there's a great article by Dan Graziano on ESPN. It's an insider article, so you need, you need to be paying for it uh, if you want to read it. <clears throat> but I, I highly recommend it. Uh, I'm going to kind of recap some of it here for you to get, get you the 10,000-foot the, you know, view. It's called Can 49ers Chiefs Keep Their Star Free Agents Extensions? And it was published on February 19th. If you go to ESPN, you click on the Chiefs page, scroll down a little bit, you can find it. It's It's really informative. It'll make you a lot smarter. Um, so here's here's how it shakes out though, okay? Uh, so this is tagging Chris Jones because this would be the second year in a row that the Chiefs would tag him. It would end up costing the Chiefs about $32.16 million. That's a massive number, okay? Here's what Graziano says about it. Not only would that tag cost them $32.16 million, they would also have to account for the $4.25 million option bonus that they just picked up. This is due to those incentives that he got throughout the course of the year. Um, so the way that works, this is, again, directly from Graziano, is that the charge is spread out over five years from 20, 2023 to 2027 for cap purposes. But since the remaining years on, on Chris Jones' contract void, uh, like, 
last week, I guess, or this week, um, the remaining 80% of that money, uh, which is 3.4 million, accelerates into the Chiefs 2024 cap. So if they, uh, so if the Chiefs would carry the, so the Chiefs would carry the salary cap charge of 35.56 million for Chris Jones if they franchised him. So the number that you hear about like, well, it's going to be 30 million to, to franchise Chris Jones. No, it's even more than that because of the way they structured his, his contract. So again, from Graziano, if the chiefs did a full restructure uh, of his uh, 2024 compensation, converting it into the required 1.21 veteran minimum uh, to a signing bonus and also converting his $34.9 million roster bonus to a signing bonus. um, This is, uh, this is Mahomes. Okay. Um, so this is how they can this is how they can afford to franchise Chris Jones. Sorry, I should have said that in the front. Um, if they, when we've been talking about the Mahomes restructure, if they restructure Mahomes' 2024 compensation, converting all but the required 1.21 million dollar veteran minimum salary to a signing bonus, and also converting his 34.9 million dollar roster bonus to a signing bonus, the Chiefs would reduce Mahomes' cap 2024 cap number from its current $58.6 million to around $23 million. That savings alone would increase their projected cap space to about $57 million. So now all of a sudden, if you do that with Mahomes, you can afford that massive cap number for one year for Chris Jones. So while some people might be saying, well, we'll you know, get Chris Jones on a three-year deal, maybe the Chiefs just want to keep going year to year because Chris Jones is getting a little bit older. So they're they're comfortable paying that thirty million and then being out from under it, and they can do that by restructuring Mahomes. If you don't understand a lot about the cap and it's very complicated, one of the reasons the Chiefs can do this is when you convert something into a bonus, you spread you have to you spread that payment out throughout the life of the remainder of the contract, uh, as far as how it hits your cap. So you know if you take if you if you got a five year deal and and, and you take you know five dollars and signing bonus spread it out, it, it counts as one dollar a year. Um, that can catch up to you, right? Like you're moving that money down the line. Eventually you're going to have to pay it and, you know, or you're going to have to keep extending somebody forever. But that's one of the reasons why the chief structured Mahomes contract the way that they did. It's why they signed him to such a long-term contract because it would enable them cap flexibility to push Mahomes money into signing bonus when they wanted to and spread it out throughout the course of the, the rest of that deal. And then of course, they'll just keep redoing his deal every couple of years and they can add years on if they want. There's all kinds of things that they, they can do. Okay. So the chiefs actually quite easily, uh, not without cost in the future, but the chiefs can quite easily restructure Mahomes like crazy and make his, you know, make his salary cap very minimal, like 21 million for the year. And they could franchise Chris Jones and keep him. Now here's what Graziano also goes on to say. Um, if they tag Jones uh, and, sign, and, and if they tag Jones and sign Sneed to a top of the market uh, deal for say five years, 102 million, um, and so they give him a 25 million dollar signing bonus, Sneed's cap hit for 2024 uh, on a structure like that would be 6.125 uh, million. So uh, and, and, and the Chiefs would still have. $15 million in cap space left over. So I'm just going to recap that again. The Chiefs can restructure Mahomes to like the, an insane degree 
and then they can franchise Chris Jones for one year and he can have a cap head of like $35 million and they can give Legereus Sneed a top of the market deal, which they may not want to do, but they can. And then they would still have money left over after that, uh, about $15 million to do everything else. Now they need like $5 million to $6 million to sign their draft picks. And then of course, these are not the only two guys that they need to sign, right? Um, they've got other openings, as I mentioned at the top. Willie Gay Jr. would be departing. They don't have a left tackle. So it's if somebody says it's not possible for the Chiefs to do this, it is possible. And they frankly would have a decent amount of salary cap space to play with. That doesn't mean it's the right thing to do for the long-term success of the Chiefs, but the Chiefs could look at it and be like, we're trying to win another Super Bowl. We These two guys, our defense was incredible. We think Chris Jones has more in the tank. We want to keep Legereus Sneed. And if they want to do that, if that's what Brett Veach wants to do, he can. And he talked at the Super Bowl about they have different, like, they have blueprints, right? Because they don't know how things are going to go. They could make a, an offer to Legereus Sneed and he could take it. And it's less than they think he wants. Or Legereus Sneed could want way more than they're willing to pay. So the Chiefs don't know how everything's going to work out. So as Veach explained it, they have different scenarios set out. For themselves. So it's, you know, like, and if this happens, we want to do this. And they have a priority list of players that they want to sign. And he mentioned that Chris Jones and LeJarius Sneed are at the top of that priority list. I don't know who's number one. I know who I think should be number one, and that's Chris Jones, but we don't know. Okay. And so if, if they're priority number one, let's say they have it as LeJarius Sneed, they're going to go and they're going to talk to Sneed. If Sneed wants an outrageous amount of money, you know, then they may be like, okay, well, we're going to go a different way with this. And we're going to have to we're going to we're going to turn our attention to Chris Jones and we'll keep moving down the list. So that's the way he explained it. So um, more from Graziano. OK. Remember, let's just go go with the scenario for a minute. The Chiefs restructure Mahomes. They franchise Chris Jones for like thirty five million. They give Snead a top of the market deal and they've got fifteen million dollars in cap space to play with. But that doesn't count the guys that they could cut to save money that I mentioned at the beginning of this discussion. So they could release MVS, and that would save $12 million in cap space. They could release Justin Reed. That would, release, that would free up $10.75 million in cap space. <clears throat> they could release Omenihue, uh, who may not even be ready to play for the, you know, the beginning of the season because he tore his ACL in the AFC Championship game. Um, and he has no guaranteed money left on his contract. They would save $7.2 million if they cut him. Um, so, and, and $2 million, Graziano notes, of Omenihu's contract um, is uh, of his $6 million salary is guaranteed on March 16th. So, the Chiefs are going to have to make a decision on him very soon of what they want to do there. Um, so, if they cut all those guys, they would have $30 million in cap space. So, I want to recap this one more time. The Chiefs can restructure Patrick Mahomes, franchise tag Chris Jones, give Legereus Need a top-of-the-market deal, Cut MVS, Omenihue, and Justin Reed and have $30 million in cap space left over. <clears throat> There's no way that that is going to happen. Okay, I'm just going to I'm gonna put that out there right now. The Chiefs are not that, – that is all very extreme. Like that's some stuff that you do on Madden because there are no stakes, right? The, if the Chiefs cut all those guys, yeah, they get a lot more cap space, but now you're thinner at safety. Who's going to play left tackle for you? you, know, you there's a lot to consider here. The Chiefs are would lose of their free agents, and they'd have money to sign people, but 
this is not something that's likely to happen. They could extend Joe Tooney uh, or restructure Joe Tooney's contract. Jawan Taylor's got a big number and Travis Kelsey. There's other ways that the Chiefs can free up money for what they want to do. What do I think is going to happen? Um, and KCD says, KCDC says you've got to use the restructure money to protect Mahomes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> what do I think the Chiefs should do? One, this is just really enlightening information from Gaziano. So you got to check out the article and read it a few times because it's hard to follow all of it. What, it. what the good news is, is the Chiefs have a ton of flexibility. They have a little bit of cap space going in right now, and they have a ton of flexibility. If they want to bring back Snead, they can. If they want to bring back Jones, they can. If they want to bring them both back, they can do it and still sign other guys. So they have options to play with. Brett Veach is always thinking a couple years ahead. He's been drafting cornerbacks like crazy. He's been drafting safeties like crazy. I think Brett Veach has been preparing for the inevitable departure of Legereus Need for a couple seasons now. <clears throat> it's fantastic that Legereus had his best season ever this year. He was amazing. He helped the Chiefs win a Super Bowl. But I think at the end of the day, the Chiefs can replace Legereus Need. I don't think they can replace Chris Jones. The Chiefs let Charvarius Ward walk, and he goes on to, to be a stellar player for the San Francisco 49ers. Chiefs are fine. The Chiefs have replaced – they're just – you know, we talk about how they haven't been good at finding receivers. They're friggin' fantastic at finding defensive backs. They're unbelievable at it. They've been grooming these guys. So I'm going to trust Brett Veach here on this decision. As much as I love Snead, as much as I want Snead back, if Brett Veach and the Chiefs coaching staff say – we can absorb the loss of Legereus Need, and and they're not always right about everything. Is is the the wide receiver situation this year uh, played out for us? Um, then I trust them. They know what they're doing. They've been fantastic with defensive backs. The defense is as good as it's ever been, and they've let guys walk before. They've done a really good job of bringing in key players, guys like Mike Edwards, guys like Drew Tranquil, who made that a really full unit. And they're thinking down the road, too. And that's something that you and I as fans don't really have to do. Like, we're not sitting here going like, well, yeah, what about you got Trey Smith coming up and Nick Bolton coming up and Creed Humphrey coming up and guys even beyond that, <clears throat> that Brett Veach knows he's going to want to keep George Karloftis down the line, right? Like, he's got to think long term. He's built a dynasty. He wants to keep the dynasty going. So he doesn't want to get in cap hell. He doesn't want to push a bunch of money down the line and find find himself in a situation where you know, we've seen other teams like the New Orleans Saints are like $80 million over the cap or something like that. Like, it's it's completely crazy. Uh, Mark says, Patrick, turns out we were both right this season about having a wide receiver one. I was right, right during the regular season and you were right during the postseason. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> Anonymous Mango says, Wanye Morris starting left tackle next season. I don't know, man. He was a third round pick. He looked a little overwhelmed in his spot. He wasn't a disaster, which is fantastic. But it, are the Chiefs, do they know enough about him? Are they ready to commit to him You know, protecting Patrick Mahomes' blindside next year? What about depth at that position? I don't know. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see what they think if they try to bring back Donovan Smith on another deal. Does Donovan Smith even want to play anymore? I don't know. We're, we're going to we're gonna have to figure that one out. It's absolutely crazy. But the Chiefs have a lot of flexibility here, and that's good news for the Chiefs. And again, I mentioned guys that they can restructure their deals. Tooney. Maybe Jawan Taylor. Maybe they move Jawan Taylor to left tackle. Uh, there's a lot of different things that could happen. <clears throat> um, good discussion, though. Uh, I, I hope that helps you guys as as free agency approaches. Wrap your head around 
what's possible because like you still see all kinds of numbers get thrown around. Like you'll see the Chiefs have $15 million in cap space and they can't. And, you know, it's just really hard to follow. It's a shout out to Dan Graziano at ESPN for that breakdown. It's absolutely fantastic and super, super helpful. Anonymous Mango says Juwan Taylor cleared up penalties in the playoffs, which is good to see. Absolutely. Um, look, man, I mean, he's got to get it together. The holding penalties, the, the false start penalties. But if he can, I thought his pass blocking was was pretty good. So, you know, they've got him to a long deal. It's it's It behooves the Chiefs for it all to work out. All right. So looking forward to another position of need for the Chiefs. And this one comes comes from ESPN's Jeff Darlington, who, who knows the Chief, covers the Chiefs for ESPN, knows what's going on with the team really well. He didn't say the Chiefs are doing anything like this, but it's interesting to me that he's the one that said it. And here's what he said. <clears throat> he thinks the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should re-sign Baker Mayfield, who played great for them last year, and trade Mike Evans to the Kansas City Chiefs. Wide receiver Mike Evans. If you're not a fantasy guy or you don't follow other teams – Mike Evans is likely a future Hall of Famer. He's been terrific over the course of his career with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's 30 years old. He'll be 31 in August. He's a big guy, 6'5", 231. This dude has 10 straight 1,000-yard seasons. 10 straight. He's been unbelievably consistent for them. He The fewest games he's ever played in a season was 13 back in 2019. He usually plays anywhere from 15 to 17 games a season. He has caught, uh, he's been targeted over 100 times every year of his career. His career stats are 762 receptions on 1,324 targets, 11,680 yards receiving, and he's a touchdown guy. 94 touchdowns over his 10-year career. Here is touchdowns by year, 12, 3, 12, 5, 8, 8, 13, 14, 6, and then 13 last year with Baker Mayfield. So why would the, why is this the word trade in here? He's going to be a free agent this offseason, as Anonymous Mango points out here. Uh, but could this be a, a, a situation where the Bucks don't want him to walk and they decide to franchise tag him and trade him? That's a potential option. If he hits the market, he's going to be extremely coveted. The Bucs have they, they've got decisions to make, right? <clears throat> they're coming off the Tom Brady era. They're, they're, if, if they're going to re-sign Baker Mayfield, they're going to have to pay him because he played well. So that's going to be expensive because he's a quarterback. They have a little bit of a younger wide receiver there in Chris Godwin, who's also an expensive cap hit for them. The latest reports on Mike Evans has been that the Bucs and Evans are far apart. That doesn't mean something won't get done. It doesn't mean that they won't do their own cap gymnastics and find a way to keep him or franchise him. But this might be the time for them to make the move with him because if they think that they can get value for him, I guess you got to look at it if you're a Bucks, right? Like, do you think you can win the Super Bowl next year? Are you there? Maybe they think they can. They made the playoffs. But if you don't and you've got a guy who's a 31-year-old wide receiver who's going to cost you a lot of money, and you can get value for him by moving on from him before, like if he goes into next season, right. And he has a, uh, you know, his first non 1000 yard season, he, he goes for like 800 yards or 750 yards or has a couple injuries that keep him out of games. Well, now you're not gonna be able to get any value back for him. And maybe you look, he's been a buck his whole career. Maybe you want him to just retire a buck and, and that's fine. And maybe that's what he wants, but I think it would be smarter for the bucks to try to get something from this guy. 
Let me know what you think in the chat. So if you're the Chiefs, look, if and by the way, the Vegas odds for Mike Evans' next team, you know who the favorite is? Any guesses? It's Kansas City Chiefs. Do I like this idea of the Chiefs trading for or acquiring in some way, shape, or form Mike Evans? Look, if they're far away, him in the in the Bucks, then you know he probably wants to get paid, and rightfully so. I know he's old, but the dude, <laughs> his his stats last year, he caught seventy nine receptions uh, for twelve hundred and fifty five yards, a fifteen point nine average, and thirteen touchdowns with Baker Mayfield. Everybody thought they were going to be absolutely garbage last year, and he that, that twelve hundred fifty five yards receiving is like the third best in his career. So he hasn't shown signs of slowing down yet. He could drop off a cliff. Usually you look at wide receivers and you're like, once they get to 28, Mike Evans is different, man. Um, He's a red zone threat. He's a big play threat. He's just a big threat. And that's something that um, the Chiefs like. Some of those bigger wide receivers can block a little bit. So if you're giving up MVS and replacing him with Mike Evans, for a year or two. I think that would be okay for me. And yeah, uh, Jose asks if they got Evans, how would they pay him? Was well, I just mentioned, um, they have the ability to, to do it right. Like they could keep Chris Jones, let Legere Sneed walk give some money to Mike Evans. They could sign Mike Evans to like a two year deal with a big bonus. So they spread that out. And maybe that second year is like a team option. You know, there's, there's things that they could void years. They, there's a lot of different ways the Chiefs could do it. He'd probably cost around $20 million a year is my guess off the top of my head. Um, and that's probably what, what that that's what the, I know that that's what the franchise tag would cost. The, the franchise tag would, I think, be about $20 million. So, <clears throat> you know, if you're Mike Evans, you want one more payday. You've played well enough to earn it. And you probably are looking at like, I, you know, I'd like to win another Super Bowl. Well, you get to go play with Patrick Mahomes. It worked out well for him when Tom Brady came to town. So, um, you know, I think I think it could be interesting. Anonymous Mango asks, can we bring in a deep threat wide receiver? Um, I, I'm sure that the Chiefs will, uh, whether through the draft or free agency. There'll be some people out there. We'll be diving into it throughout the course of the offseason. Do I like this idea about Mike Evans? I 1,000% do. I'm genuinely like we should go for younger guys, but this is a proven commodity. I mean, they gave a bunch of money to Marquez Valdez Scantling, and, and 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 even though it didn't work out the way that we hoped it would, the Chiefs won two Super Bowls, and he helped in both of them. So, g- getting an older guy like Mike Evans for a couple of years, I think, is a smart move, and I'll tell you why. The Chiefs have a really good core, and when you're a really great team like the Chiefs, not everybody has to be young. You can bring in these, like, look at Drew Tranquil, look at Mike Edwards. Like, you can bring in these guys to help round out your roster. And you can bring in some of these veterans to take a chance on them to buy yourself another year, to develop Sky Moore, or to, you know, if the Chiefs, like, let's say the Chiefs draft a, a wide receiver in the first round this year or the second round again, and they're not ready, quite ready yet to be an everyday contributor. I mean, look, Rishi Rice was fantastic, but it took him a lot of the season to kind of get rolling. You bring in a guy like Mike Evans, now you're hedging your bets. It allows you, and that's where the Chiefs fell flat on their face, right? They thought that Tony and they thought that MVS were good enough veteran hedges for them heading into this year. And Watson, that 
you know, Sky Moore could continue to develop and Rasheed Rice could continue to develop. But where that went wrong is both those guys were the worst of their career, MVS and Tony, and Sky Moore did regressed and wasn't helping. And so then you were stuck with everybody focusing on Kelsey and a, and a green second round rookie in Rasheed Rice. By the end of the season, it worked out and the Chiefs found a way to win the Super Bowl, but you don't want to do that again. So if you're going to draft another young guy, you don't want to put all your eggs in the same basket. You don't want to put all your eggs in the young wide receiver basket and hope it works out and then have the same situation that happened to you the year before. So if you go and you get a, a veteran, reliable wide receiver like Mike Evans, pair him up with Rasheed Rice. This is why I really like this. I don't know that Rasheed Rice is like an alpha wide receiver one, but I don't think the Chiefs need that guy. They, they, we know they don't need that guy. They haven't had that guy in a couple of years, and they just won back-to-back Super Bowls. So you pair a guy like an experienced, reliable veteran like Mike Evans, who can go for a 1,000 yards, stand on his head, with year two of Rashi Rice and a declining Kelsey, who's still fantastic, by the way. I mean, that's pretty. That's a pretty good top three wide receiver unit. Uh, it's a little old, but you're still going to have Sky Moore on the roster and whoever else the Chiefs add in free agency or the draft. And they'll probably still have Tony around. I don't know. They might cut him. They might try to trade him. Um, but there's nothing really to be gained from cutting Tony from a, from a monetary perspective if you look at his contract. Um, anonymous Mango says Tyler Lockett is a good shortcut. Um, I, I'm not sure about his his availability, um, but yeah, there's a lot of really good options out there as long as the Chiefs go for some reliable guys. And I think that that's what they thought MVS would be for them was like reliable 700 600 yard guy, and it kind of didn't work out this year with the drops and, and the mental stuff. Um, An honest man goes asking about T Higgins. Um, yes, of course, the Chiefs would explore T Higgins, right? I mean, and if you're T Higgins. Look, T. Higgins wants to get paid, just like all these other guys. So I do think the Bengals will probably find a way to franchise him. <clears throat> like, if I'm the Bengals, I'm going into this season, you're getting Joe Burrow back, you're a couple years off your Super Bowl appearance, and you're starting to get a little bit, like, tight, right? Like, is this going to happen? Are we going to blow this window that we have? So if they can, and I don't know all the cap gymnastics that they would need to do to do it, I would franchise T. Higgins. I would keep the band together for another year because it didn't work out for you last year with the Joe Burrow injury and try to see what I can't get done with T Higgins and Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and see if I can get that Super Bowl. Um, we'll see what happens if he's on the market. He'll probably be the most sought after guy, him and him and Evans, if they make the market out there. And you just don't know what teams are going to offer up, right? Like that's the problem. That's what happened with Kirk a couple of years ago. Like people just start throwing around money like crazy to receivers. I think the receiver market has cooled a little bit and teams are realizing like, you know, we got ourselves into it a little bit, paying these receivers all this money. But there's still, a, you know, this is the receiver era in the NFL. And you see that with the running back salaries. So guys are getting paid. Angry Drunken German says the Bengals are tight. They'll secure Burrow and Chase and let guys walk. Yeah, we got to look at the at the financials for them, but you, as we know, the cap isn't real. So guys will, you know, they'll find ways to manipulate the cap if they can. Anonymous Mango says Tyler Boyd for the Bengals. He's been a solid receiver. It, it's going to be really interesting. And don't worry, we're going to dive. This is not like our free agency preview. Um, we got another week. We're going to dive into all of this and really break it down and look at some of the guys who the Chiefs might target. But I think this Mike Evans idea. Um, 
is a good one from Jeff Darlington over at ESPN. Uh, okay. Before we get out of here, and thank you all. You guys have been super active in the chat. You've been asking a lot of questions. It's been awesome. Hit the like button. Uh, it's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. You can get our content, not just here on YouTube, uh, but if you're listening, we appreciate all of you, the audio listeners. In fact, do me a favor because it's off season now. We need to rev things up a little bit. Head on over to Apple Podcasts. If you've never done this for us, leave us a five-star review there. Ask us a question in your five-star review. I will answer it on the podcast this off season. Um, we, it helps us find new listeners on the audio side. That's really important to us. Even though our YouTube's blowing up, there's over 50,000 subscribers. Now we want to keep growing our audio product as well. So make sure you leave us a review over there and help us get featured in the app store and find those audio listeners. Okay. Before we get out of here, Patty's power rankings. Um, I was trying to think of what to do. I was going to rank the 2024 chiefs. And what I decided to do was, was name my all Chiefs 2024 all underdog team. So I'm not doing it like the all pro team where like I pick a position or, you know, for everybody. Like I just picked a couple guys that I thought were fantastic pieces for the Chiefs this year that were really important for the Chiefs and that maybe uh, are a little bit unheralded or we don't talk about enough because there's so many stars, right? So rather than do a ranking and be like, it's, it's Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones and Legere Sneed, like Trent McDuffie, Let's talk about some of the underrated guys, some of the guys we don't talk about, some of the lunch pail guys, the glue guys who made it possible for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl this year. And I think, you know, if you think about it, man, more so than any other season, this season was all about those kinds of guys, right? I mean, the, the, we needed everybody, the coaches, every player. I mean, we signed guys late in the season who then made a big impact on the Super Bowl. We needed every contribution, fumble recoveries, Leo Chanel punching ball. Like we needed everybody. Um, and so I wanted to shine the light on some of these guys. I'm going to start with McCole Hardman. And I think you know why. Um, when he came back, I said to Verderam on the show, I think McCole Hardman will have his say before these playoffs are over. I just I felt that way because I saw the, the Chiefs trying to work him back in. And I think there was a trust factor there for the Chiefs. And I thought they're going to use him because Mahomes trusts him and knows him. And, and, and something's going to end up happening. And I thought it was happening during the Bills game. And then he had the fumble. But there he was in the Super Bowl making a play. Could other guys on the team, could Sky Moore or Tony have run that route? Yeah, of course. But look, man, Hardman did it. He caught the ball. And that is a big deal this year. For the Chiefs. So shout out to McCole Hardman. He makes the all underdog team. Mike Edwards, safety Mike Edwards. What a signing was Mike Edwards, man. Not a flashy guy, lunch pail guy, going out there flying around making tackles. Mike Edwards was always around the ball. He was fantastic for the Chiefs on the defensive side of the ball. I would love to see him back on the team. These are those kinds of signing, man, signings that happen in offseason that you probably looked at when they happened and you know, like Mike Edwards, okay, cool, you know, Drew Tranquil. Look look how it ended up uh, turning out over the course of the season. Um, Angry Drunken German says Edwards was always around a turnover. Absolutely. Um, effort guys, you know, not, not big money guys, not big star power name guys. These are the guys you need to round out your roster and win the Super Bowl. Next up, already mentioned his name, Drew Tranquil, man. I mean, what a dog he was, particularly – 
when Nick Bolton went down with injury. He ended up being crucial. He had a bunch of sacks for the Chiefs. They were able to use him a lot of different ways. Also, always around the ball. Smart player. Drew Tranquil, love to see him back as well. He's really excited to be a Super Bowl champion, and we got him the hell away from the Chargers. God bless him. Uh, Justin Reed. I, I, I almost didn't put Justin Reed on the list because I think he's really generally well-regarded, um, you know, among the Chiefs, Chiefs fans. Um, but I just think he's another guy that, like, there's some criticism of his game. Maybe he's not the most well-rounded safety, all those types of things. But, man, I'll tell you what, that guy – you want to talk about a lunch pail guy? Reed flies all over the field. Did you see him firing himself like a missile at Christian McCaffrey in the Super Bowl? Just like blowing through guys, breaking up the run. I mean, he he was fantastic for the Chiefs down the stretch. Love him. I think he fits, I think he fits the bill, even though he has a little bit more of a name and has been here with the Chiefs. Uh, I like me some Justin Reed. And then I'm throwing in Justin Watson here. Uh, and I'll tell you why. He made some big catches for the Chiefs here and there, just like he did last year. And the wide receiver debacle that happened this year was not was not uh, Watson's fault. It was not his fault. And he was asked to play above his ability level. Like that, that that's happened to some guys with the Chiefs before. But he was the same guy, in my opinion, that he was last year for the Chiefs, which is like a deep wide receiver depth piece and he wouldn't have stood out as much if the chiefs had proper wide receivers in front of him so i actually think he played his role really well he made some nice catches for the chiefs in the playoffs so shout out uh, to watson and here's a deep deep one for you james winchester chiefs great long snapper james winchester why is james winchester on this list how many times did you hear James Winchester's name called during the course of the season? Maybe he got mentioned once or twice offhand. Zero. Dude's automatic. He's as automatic as Harrison Butker, man. Um, how important is it to have a guy like that that you can know is going to put the ball on the money every single time? That is one of the hardest things to do in the NFL um, is, is be the long snapper. And, and, and the, you just never hear the guy's name. He's been fantastic for the Chiefs. Talk about a lunch pail guy. You talk about an underdog guy. Uh, Winchester's at the top of the list for me. Um, and then I'm going to go one more here, and I'm going to go with Kadarius Tony's hip. Kadarius Tony's hip on the underdog, all underdog team. Wasn't sure if the hip was going to come through. I'm not even sure if the hip was really injured, but all I know is Kadarius Tony's hip was on the injury report, and that meant that Kadarius Tony was not on the field for the Chiefs and the playoffs and was not able to do any further damage than he did during the regular season. It was a net gain for the Chiefs. So Kadarius Tony's hip, you didn't see him being a key contributor to the Chiefs this year, it turns out. He was maybe the most important. I guess he's a he. I'm, I'm assigning his hip and gender. Um, having a little fun there with Kadarius. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if he's going to be back next year for the Chiefs. Like I said, not a lot really to gain from them cutting him. But if like the off-field stuff and the distraction stuff, that's just uh, – that's not good. And the Chiefs don't need it. The Chiefs are going for the three-peat. Uh, Zach Best in the chat says, keep Jones and Snead. 
let Reed and MBS go. It's tough, but it's the right decision if we're going to look at contracts and what's best for the team. I think it's going to be tough if the Chiefs are going to franchise Chris Jones like we talked about earlier in the show because that you're pushing a ton of money out and it gets it can start to get a little bit messy. If they can somehow figure out a deal, like a three-year deal with Chris Jones, like here's the thing, and I didn't mention this earlier in the show. Chris Jones said at the Chiefs parade, he wasn't going anywhere. And he basically indicated he would be here for, for three more years. Now, look, man, that might have been the Bud Light talking. That might have been the Coors Light talking. They, those guys were uh, – they were um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, overserved. They were having a very good time, right? Um, there's a lot of good feelings after you win the Super Bowl. Just because Chris Jones says he's he's not going anywhere, he's going to be back. It doesn't mean that like once the once the Bud Light wears off, that he's not going to say, "Hey, like I want my money." Um, we're talking about millions of dollars here, and he's got his agents in his ear and all that stuff. But remember, they work for him. And if Chris Jones is stepping back and looking at things and saying, "You know what, man." He does have a chance, and everybody individually is different. Chris Jones is never going to need money again, but that doesn't mean he doesn't want to get as much as he can. But people are different. Chris Jones may feel a little bit differently after going back-to-back than he did last offseason. And he might be looking at this team, what they went through this year, and more importantly, what they have the opportunity to do in 2024, and that is be the first NFL team ever to win back-to-back back three Pete in the Super Bowl era. That, that, you know, we're talking legacy. Like Chris Jones, he knows he's going to the Hall of Fame. And if he can work out a deal with the Chiefs, a three-year deal or a, you know, two-year deal, it's a three-year deal, and he's get he gets paid pretty good, pretty close, and the Chiefs are comfortable with it, and Chris is comfortable with it, and he wouldn't be the first guy to take a little bit of a haircut, a little bit of a discount to stay where he wants to stay to finish his career. He said he wants to be a chief forever. And it doesn't seem like there's any bad blood over the contract dispute from last year. So if that happens, they can keep Legereus Sneed. Like they, it makes it easier for them to keep Legereus Sneed because you're not rolling up a $35 million cap hit into one season to keep Chris Jones. That's the ideal situation for the chiefs, because I can tell you this when asked about, you know, Legereus need what he'd say to to Brett Veach, I think, uh, earlier this uh, like a week ago or so. He said, pay me. Legereus need wants to get paid. He's been excellent for the Chiefs. He deserves it. He deserves every penny. And if the Chiefs don't give him what he wants, God bless him. He should go out to the market. He's got a Super Bowl rings and he should get as much money as he can while he can. And his his value is never going to be higher than it is right now. He just had an absolutely unbelievable season. He shut down number one receiver after number one receiver. So Legereus Sneed, there is a much better chance that Chris Jones takes a – Legereus Sneed ain't taking a discount. If the Chiefs want him back, they're going to have to pay him more than anybody else is willing to offer. Or if the Chiefs sign that deal, the, the, the franchise tag for Legereus Sneed is not outrageous. So if they're able to sign that like a three-year deal with, with Chris Jones, if they're able to work that out, then they can tag Legereus Sneed. So keep your eye on arrowheadaddict.com from pretty much now until the, the franchise tag deadline. Uh, I think on the 5th of March, I mentioned earlier in the show. And keep your eye on Arrowhead Addict Twitter and my Twitter and all the Twitter because something's going to happen relatively soon. There's going to be conversations, like I said, in Indianapolis at the combine, and then we're going to find out. 
what's going on with Chris Jones, what's going on with Legereus Need. But the first thing that will happen most likely won't be a contract. One of those guys will get tagged. Um, so if Chris Jones gets tagged, you can probably kiss goodbye to Legereus Sneed. <laughs> I can almost guarantee you. If uh, if Chris Jones, if, if Legereus Sneed gets tagged, it doesn't necessarily mean he's saying, staying. The Chiefs could tag him and then try to trade him. But that would they don't have a lot of time to do something like that because Chris Jones is also going to be a free agent as well. So it's a lot to keep keep track of. It's going to be really exciting offseason if you're a Chiefs fan. Of course, we got the draft coming up, free agency. It's going to be a lot of fun. You need to keep it right here at Arrowhead Attic. Thank you so much for joining me for today's show. I know we went a little bit long. Shout out to producer Richard, but we had a lot to get to. There's a lot to talk about. We will be back next week with our regular slate of shows, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday as we approach the new league year and the Chiefs and their quest to 3P. If you want to become a member of the Arrowhead Attic podcast community, check out the link in the description. You can join us in our private Discord. We're going to be starting up the fantasy football leagues again. We have happy hours, meetups, lots of fun stuff. It's a great way to support the show and the content that we are producing here at the Arrowhead Attic podcast. We've got some exciting things in store for you this offseason and next year. We're looking forward to it. Appreciate all your support. We will see you next week. But until then, as always, go Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.